Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. This is the one you wanted. Alexi is back and we're going to review Ready Player One, which we've been talking about for almost a year, I think. So get ready for that. But I do want to let you know when we get to around the 50, 55 minute mark, we're going to end up cutting the episode in half right around there. So you're going to be all excited for the next thing she's going to say, because frankly, everything she says is exciting. And then you're going to hear my voice chime in and go, hey, guys, I'm sorry. And I am. I am truly sorry. But we went for nearly two hours this time. So we're going to split it in half. And then after that, it looks like we're going to be doing three episodes in a row on this because we're going to do a final episode about Ready Player One after these two are done. So welcome to part one of our incredible discussion with the return of Alexia. This is Trek Off. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. And today, hey, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> Here You're back. So as as I've explained to our listeners over the course of the last few months, um, there has been uh, you you had to move your recording apparatus and we couldn't just do it over the phone that we did. It was nice that we did it that way that one time. Um, but like we finally have you up and running. I'm assuming it didn't sound great. I don't know how people, <laughs> if it was just like, I can't even listen to this. It's unlistenable, but. Man, people have said that about our show for years. That's true. Um, That's fair point. <laughs> so in any case, you got yourself all set up. Finally, we're all ready to go. Uh, and Trekoff is back, as it should be. Um, as it should be. <laughs> So this is going to be a really good show, guys. Uh, this is the this is the this is the best Trek off show. This is what you want. You want a show where Alexi and I are both passionate about a thing, where we both love a thing, but we both have differing opinions about this thing that we love. That's our best shows across the board. Those are the best. Like the worst shows are when we both really like a thing, because those are short. Like we're, we're both, we both really like. We're what both is like, that? I don't understand. Like, why if we like a th- if we both like a thing somehow that's bad. That doesn't make any because sense. Because the shows basically are like, hey, wasn't that cool? Yeah, that was cool. Like, that, <laughs> I, I guess it's not that much to talk I just, about. I don't, I'm not. I, you know me. I'm all about peace on earth and like harmony and everybody getting along so i i, have I know the it seems feeling. odd considering I, the way i, I, I treat I, you yeah, that that's the I've way the i distinct feel, feel <laughs> i've the distinct feeling that after this episode nobody's going to agree with what you just said i, I just know. have the feeling <laughs> that's why <laughs> I said, listen people- i am often i often tell mr a like when we talk about like there are so many ways in which i just don't make sense and i'm like listen i'm just a paradox i'm like a walking paradox okay <laughs> like both of these things are true simultaneously i can't explain how <laughs> i'm i'm all about goodwill on earth and peace toward all men so you better not fuck with me <laughs> exactly until you're wrong and then well i still want goodwill on you know toward all men and peace on earth and all that but like you're a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> get off my lawn Get off my lawn. This is definitely a get off my lawn moment, probably. Is it? No. No. You know what? It's not. It's not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because objectively, 
that movie's crap. All right, all right. So I fundamentally disagree with you. I know um, you do, and I know why I, you do. I know exactly why you do. As okay, I we'll watched get, it, I knew exactly why. I was like, and this is why Justin said, "Oh, but it's good in its own way." And this is why Justin, "Oh, but it's good in its own way." I knew exactly why. All I right, know. So I know. On my other podcast, uh, um, totally super. We sometimes will do this big lead-in. We're like saying and this and this and this and this, and they go and the movie we're talking about today. Look, guys, you already know it's gonna be in the title of the show, right? If look yeah. down, <laughs> look down at your iPhone right now. See how it says Ready Player One right there? Like that's that's, <laughs> that's what, what we're, we're talking, talking about. about. <laughs> if you got this far of the show and you're like, oh, that's what they're talking about today. Oh. <laughs> Like we're doing the teaser of a TV show where they reveal who the big bad of the week's going to be like five minutes in. Like, like it's no, it's written right there. It's, it's, it's like right those there. episodes of Star Trek that have the letter Q in it. Like Q's, Q's on. Just oh like, yeah. You know, it's going to be a Q episode. I know, it's like, right? like, like they, it's called true Q and then Q shows up 15 minutes in and you're supposed to be like, huh? Huh? Like, it was called true Q. I, I thought it was, I thought it was about Dairy Queen. It's one of those <laughs> things actually. It's like why I hate when they do recaps. Like, I'm so spoiled now, I find, because like on Netflix, um, it's super easy to like when you're binging stuff on, on Netflix, you just, it just automatically will skip that shit because it's like, oh, you just watched the last one. I don't need to fucking tell you what just happened. Right. Because they'll, they'll like, be like, they'll be they'll be like last time, on, last time on Flash. And then they'll they say show- previously, not last time. And here's the here's the difference. Right. So I've because I've been watching some stuff on Hulu, Hulu isn't that smart. Hulu is, is is has many flaws. I don't hate Hulu as much as I used to. I I value some of its original programming and that sort of thing. And I'm still annoyed at at the you know delay. And sometimes you can't if you're not caught up. Like you're just fucked. But that being said, like just from a standpoint of like the actual application itself like it is it is not as polished it is not as flawed like its search function for instance is like the shittiest search function i have ever encountered like compared to prime compared to netflix it's crap and i don't know why it's such it's such crap but in any case one of the things i also find to be crap is if i'm binge watching a motherfucking show it'll still show previously on like so i would have to go and like fast forward and then i'm like i'm not sure if that was the previously on or if that was the so i wind up watching it but what that does is when they show you previously on, then they show you specific things it's like oh well we're gonna be t- something about that's gonna come up yeah like, well, it's they, such they'll, a they'll, fucking they'll, spoiler they're previously on will like have a character you haven't seen for three years yeah just, like they'll show that they left yeah okay and, and then like, they oh, show great, up in the so last two back. minutes of the episode like, yeah yeah, like, so I know roughly some things that are going to be in the episode. Like, it was like, in the last two episodes, we saw nothing about this particular storyline, but they're reminding us about it. No, that means it's going to come up in this episode. I hate yeah. that. It's fucking spoilers. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, I remember the episodes of Buffy where they did that really well. Like, the episode of Buffy in the sixth season where where Giles shows up to fight Willow, and even in the... um. You know, he's in the last moment of the episode and he goes, he goes, I'd like to test that theory. And like, they don't even have him in the special guest stars in the beginning of the episode. But as soon as it goes black, it says, it says guest starring Anthony Stewart head is Giles. Like they don't even put his name in the opening credits because they want that surprise to remain intact. Uh, yeah. I love when they do shit like that. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a show. Uh, there was a show where they really did that shit to fuck with me. And I'm thinking it was like they killed a character on the show. 
Well, Buffy and- on, on on Buffy the episode or spoilers for Buffy. Um, oh, I'll say this. I won't, I won't say who it is. There's a character who gets shot on Buffy, and you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that character who gets shot is not one of the main characters on the show, but on the episode where that character gets shot is the first episode where that character gets a uh, get, gets a title card at the beginning, like they're part of the main cast. And you're like, oh, that character's finally part of the main cast. Look at that. And then they died that episode. It's it's, it's so fucked up. up. No, this was like this was like even more like subversive. It was like someone who is in the middle time. Like I can't, and I really honestly I can't remember the show, so I can't spoil it. Really, it's just a concept. Like this this character's name, this person was in the like main title cards, right? Something happened. To make them either put their life in peril or they died or something, something that made it seem like they're not going to be there. Right. And then they're they weren't in the opening credits like they're gone. And it's like, oh, no, it's real. Because, like, you know, we watch a lot of sci fi fantasy type stuff. So even when somebody dies, you have that hope. Right. Like maybe it's not for real. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe maybe there's some way out. Right. Um, and it's like, no, it's real. They're really gone. No. And then like they weren't though. Like and it was just like, oh you bastards. Yeah. It's so worse the other way too. Ah Yes. That's funny. It absolutely does. I was like, oh you motherfuckers. You suck. You couldn't give me that hope when I saw their name in the credits. You couldn't, could you? You couldn't give me that. You fuckers. But like I was still happy in the end. Okay, so normally what I do is I go, how was your Trek week? Let's talk about Trek news. Maybe we'll hit that at the end, but I don't want to bury the lead. We've been waiting for this forever. We've been waiting to do Have this review <laughs> for a long time. We were talking about the Ready Player weird. One book. Well, you, you were reading the Ready Player One book before me. And yeah. then oh, and oh, I like how you say it like like just somehow a little bit before you I was reading the book. The reality is I read Ready Player One like a sh- like a really long time ago. And I kept telling you, man, you would really like this book. You should totally read it. And like in true Justin fashion, you wouldn't fucking listen to me. And you wouldn't fucking listen to me. I don't know how many times I probably ten at least. Until the movie was coming out, I think. And then you were like, oh, there's a movie coming out for that. I think it's it's called Ready Player One. It sounds like, Shh, get the fuck out of here. You read the book. You ass. Like, in typical Justin fashion. Like, there's That's this really there's this thing. I'm like, you're such a dick. I've only been telling you about it for like a year. Read the fucking book. So, <laughs> so anyway, so now you book. read the book, right? Okay. We, so. know, we knew that the movie was coming out. A trailer came out. We did a whole episode on the trailer about what looked good, what looked bad. And then I finished the book. And then we did an episode of me finishing the book. And then we did yep. the movie is about to come out. And then and then the movie came out and and we our recording situation got messed up. So finally, finally, well, we're I ready to have this discussion. In the theaters like you were able to. Yeah, which I did twice. I saw I saw Ready Player One in the theaters. You twice spent and- movie like like money on that movie in the theater twice. So let me so let me tell you where I am. Ugh. Let me give you some meta knowledge on where I am on Ready Player One because it's become a big deal in our house. Um, first off. Uh, I read the book uh, or I listened to the book. I, the book is narrated on Audible by Will Wheaton. It's a it's a fantastic read and it is fun to hear him say his own name. 
It's so I it's bet. The, the most meta of the most meta you could possibly get is Will Wheaton talking about how Will Wheaton is such a good guy. Um, <laughs> yes, so, so fucking great. <laughs> so that's pretty. Like great, I don't know? usually listen to um to book to like audiobooks, but like that's one where I I've seriously considered like just because it's it's Will Wheaton. Yeah. So that was that that was the first time through. Then uh, we had our discussions about it. So that made it you know bigger in my life and that Ready Player One started spilling over into Trek off. And then the movie came out and I saw it uh, first. I had a lovely experience seeing it and that, um, you know, every everyone who saw the movie was coming out the way that you go. Oh, I know why Justin liked this. The whole world evidently figured that out about me because I had everyone going, I heard about this movie. This looks like something you would like. So literally I had I was having a bad day and my buddy Brian uh, calls me and Brian is a friend of mine from high school who I have never gone out with and just hung out with on our own. Like I've known this guy 20 something years and we've never hung out on our own. We just kind of went at party. He was like, I was going to go see this movie and I can't think of anybody who would be better to see this movie with than you. And I'm not even one of this guy's like main friends, but he saw this movie's coming out and he was like, hey, I got a Justin's the person to take to see this movie. And as you would expect, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Having enjoyed it as I did and having um, my older son is uh, incredibly into science fiction stuff, always looking for new science fiction properties to, to watch and stuff. So it being out in the theater and enjoying it as it was. And on the big screen, say what you will about this movie. It's a visual feast. And on IMAX 3D. It is that. It is that. On, I, on IMAX 3D, it was quite a visual feast. And knowing I was eventually going to take my son, that he was eventually going to see it. I was like, well, if he's going to see it, this is the way to see it. So I saw it again in IMAX 3D and then my wife wanted to see it. So I saw it with her because she read the book too and really loved it. Actually, it's it now launched. did she was she all like you loving it or was she not? Oh, no, she totally was. She were into a lot of the same stuff. And this actually. No, no, um, no. I mean, because she'd read the book and she's oh, the movie? unlike you. She is. A, she is. She's female. And so I'm like, did she have the same response to the film that you did? Um. Her initial response to the film. Right, so, uh, can I save that for after? Because I don't want to totally give away. I don't want to give away yet what my. You know, clearly I liked the film, but I don't want to give away my total response. It, well, I'll say at the end how I feel the book rates next to the movies. So, because in order to answer that question, I have to. I have to tell you where I am there. So I will tell you at the okay. end. Um, the All answer right. To that. Um. But I did like the movie. Uh, so I took him to see that. Well, then um, something happened in that he decided that Ready Player One was his favorite movie. His favorite movie of all time. Now, he he had loved uh, Star Wars and everything Star Wars. And then he got into, we had read Ender's Game. And after reading the book Ender's Game, he saw the movie Ender's Game, decided Ender's Game the movie was his best m- movie of all time. Now, Ender's Game the movie is okay it's pretty yeah. good you know it's it makes giant changes from the books which are necessary you couldn't have done what the books did with a five-year-old like you needed to have the character be older you just wouldn't have been able to have the performance you needed from that many kids so i get why they did what they did um i feel like you lose a lot in that translation you but do. the movie's fine it's not it's not you know, people say it's a train wreck. It's not a train wreck. It's fine. It's 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 pretty. Yeah, I mean, I the way I felt about that one, and maybe it's because I didn't have as like I know you had a much more um, personal feeling, like you were much more invested in Ender's Game as a as a a story and a book property 
before the movie came out than myself. Um, <clears throat> and I wonder if that has something to do with it. But like, at the, but when I saw the movie, like, I definitely wasn't like, oh, this is great. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It was more just like, uh, I don't really like it. Like, it's not. I mean, it doesn't. It's it's not awful, and there's it's just some not super well made. I mean, and that's the other thing. Stuff I, that I, kind I, of translated, but I feel like yeah. they didn't make the right choices most of the time, and and I just don't need to ever see it again. But I didn't yeah. have like a viscerally like really negative reaction in the same. I way I think they did some scenes really really well. I, I feel like um the, I first I feel like the kid who played Ender was you know oh too old, but was incredibly good. Like yeah. the actor who played him was was really good. Um, and I think that he carries a lot of it. And I think that the the brutal scenes in that film are are not as brutal as the book, but as brutal as you can get in a PG PG thirteen rated rated film. And I feel like they're pretty effective. So, and those are the scenes that needed to hit for me. I felt like the battle room scenes. I feel like some of that movie needed to wait like ten more years for the effects to catch up. Um, mm. because because when it became CG, it became too obviously CG. I feel like nowadays yeah. you could have done the and the I think you I think they've learned how to do computer generated people well enough now that you could have done the zero G scenes and really felt it and it just wasn't there yet. Anyway, that being said, he decided that Ready Player One was his favorite movie of all time. Um, and that is a travesty. But go ahead. But it you know I do not want that to be the case. I mean, it's he can't have a favorite movie of all time that doesn't start with the word star. That just can't happen in my house. Um, <laughs> but he decided, and I understand why. He adored the Matrix, and he loves the concept. Oh, of I VR, love the Matrix. I get and, it. And and he like like this is a a new and more kid friendly, more palatable version of that that doesn't have sort of the darker <sighs> themes that that the Matrix had. So it, like for him, it was. Like the and he loves 80s stuff. He loves on his own. I tried to introduce him to later 90s stuff, and no, he wants to watch Back to the Future. He wants to, so he 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 loves the music of the time. He loves he likes Van Halen. I'm not even a big Van Halen fan, um, <laughs> uh, but he loves Van Halen. So clearly, the kid um, so, understands some good things. So so all of that being the case, he adored the film and saw it multiple times. And then when it came out, it has been played in our house on repeat. Now th- there's. A relationship Ugh. you get as a parent to movies that are played on repeat, even if they're movies that you like. There have been a number of movies that I like that have gotten on repeat in my house that you end up not liking <laughs> so much anymore. Because <laughs> you're just like, guys, come on. Enough. Enough. Like, I, like, okay. I like pizza, but not all the time. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I'll give you an example. Ant-Man. I really liked Ant Man. I thought Ant Man was pretty good. Agreed. Yeah, it's a good movie. I, I don't think I enjoy that, it. it doesn't stand up to thirty viewings. <laughs> just yeah, thirty. After, I, I'm trying to imagine watching that thirty times, and I can't. Like, I can't. There's I not can't. enough nuance there. Um, I will say <laughs> that uh, one thing that Ready Player One has going for it is that there's enough nuance in the film. I think a criticism could be lobbied at the film to say that it's too busy. Um, but if you're going to have a film necessarily played 30 times in your house, that busyness leaves it so that you're always catching something new. It's always, there's something new on the frame that you're like, Oh, look, and that's helpful because having kids is about watching the same thing 30 times. So my relationship with the (laughs) film is 
is personal now. It's not just it's a book that I loved. It's not just it's it's a now a personal relationship because it's my kid's favorite film and there are posters of it and he's going to be parcible from the film in, in like for Halloween. And <laughs> and so this is you can either love those films or hate those films. And I have learned to really, really like it and and to really appreciate what's being done there. Although I don't think the film is without criticism. And frankly, here's the other thing that's happened is I am now reading the book out loud to my son, mm-hmm. which is my second time through the book. And I'm catching and his, stuff. That and I, his first time, I presume. His first time. And I'm editing. There's stuff I'm, there's stuff I'm not reading. There's stuff that I'm cutting out. Um, you know, necessarily there are, there are, there are what I would consider to be out of place sexual moments in the book that don't need, and, and in the movie, frankly, that don't seem necessary to what's going on. Um, that is, you know, the specifically I'm talking about the, the masturbation with the, with the haptic suit. Yeah, that's what you do, but the plot neither grows the, the plot doesn't grow or, or get any better because that's the thing that happened. It's just like, oh, we want to spend five pages talking about that because we want to. Um, I mean, not because we want, I, I mean, it's part of the world. Like, you have to, like, you don't get to whitewash something because you don't like it. <laughs> like, sure you do. Well, no, 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 no. No, like, sure you, that's a, like, here's the thing. Like, well, let's well, not here, pretend but, but, that on, that's not on. a reality of of the Oasis, this isn't reality you know? this isn't reality here and that's and that's that's the thing you, you can watch star wars right i could remake star wars if i wanted and show the devastation that a blaster does to somebody's chest every single time it hits a stormtrooper and have his helmet fall off and he's screaming because he's a human being in there and every stormtrooper that dies you can see the blood coming out of his eyes uh, out of his eyes yeah, as but that's you repeated show, i mean it's not like there are repeated fl- times of him like having you know, masturbatory experiences but, but in the Oasis. But too. if you even do that once, then you feel bad for every stormtrooper that dies, and it's necessary in the first Star Wars to just enjoy stormtroopers getting hit. Like there's a there's a world where I do an edit of Star Wars where I show Alderaan right before it blows up, and I show a mom taking care of her newborn baby, and it, like that scene in the it, like that scene in. Um, the first season of Battlestar Galactica where they just want to hurt you. Like I can make Alderaan (laughs) so painfully awful that you can't enjoy the rest of the film for what it is. So I think you absolutely can pick and choose which things you show if you want to get a certain vibe. And I feel like that it's a book that should be, I'm not saying the book should be young adult, but it should be accessible to all to to all audiences in a way that because of five pages here and five pages there it's not and those pages don't move. Well, I'm the curious. Plot other forward. than this, the than than Oasis masturbation, what what's another thing that you that you have felt needed to be like? I guess for want of a censored from the book while reading in the context of the book i don't i've decided not to censor the language i think because i have i have a middle school teen who doesn't curse at all um and i am trying to introduce him (laughs) i know isn't that fucking funny Uh, i am trying to i think it's funny that you think it's true but go ahead uh, no no here's the thing it's true it's true to the point where it's problematic so I am like, not only doesn't curse, but he like, he, when he hears other people curse, he just kind of, he's like, I don't think I want to hang out with, you. he'll like tell me I was at my friend's house and you know, their parents cursed a little bit and I'm not really comfortable with it. And I'm like, dude, I need to sit you down and we just need to watch Die Hard. We just need to watch Die Hard. You'll love it. And, and it's got language used. It's the perfect introducing to, introduction to cursing, I think. 
I think it's like <laughs> it's like the F word. I is mean, Yippee for- motherfucker, if for no other reason. Like that's just such yeah. a great line. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that like it's there's a comfort level in it. So there's I don't mind the language so much. I guess there's um. I mean, there, there's also there's some drug references and stuff like that. But I think that mostly the sex stuff is is it. I don't mind stuff that moves the plot forward. There are things in the book that seemed more just like they're saying it to say it, not to necessarily move the plot forward. Um, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think what, what other sex stuff there even is. Like, because nothing jumps out at me as sex stuff. No, I haven't had to skip too much, but it was just like it seemed plopped in the middle of the book. And that's why, you know, I wanted to read it to him as opposed to him reading it to himself. Um, that being said, all that being said. Um, How is he I enjoying ha- the book compared to this, the, his favorite movie? Um, I think so. So we come down to a question that, that I guess we could get to at the I'll get to this question here. Um, a lot of people have asked me over the years in what order they should watch Firefly. And I say, well, the preferred order, of course, is if you're committing to do it, the preferred order is to watch Firefly and then Serenity. Yeah. Watch Firefly first and then Serenity. If you're on the fence on whether or not to do it and you might not watch all of Firefly, certainly go ahead and watch Serenity first. Because Serenity will show you how cool it can be. And I think you can still really, really enjoy Firefly. But if you're not sure, like if I'm like, hey. You definitely can't. I know because I did. I know you can. Yeah. You can but go, I see you what go, you're hey. saying. Like, because you have that, all those elements from the movie. And then you'll be more invested in seeing where they were before. If you Yeah, because a two hour investment is very different than a than a 10 episode investment. You know, like, yeah. so you go, like, if someone's like, I don't know, Space Cowboys, I go, no, you don't get it. You, I can't, I can't do it justice here. So people, would, if people were to ask me, hey, should I read the, I may or may not read the book. Should I read the book first or watch the movie first? And I will say this definitively. If you are definitely going to do both, see the movie first. If you are going to, or rather sorry if you're definitely going to do both i still say see the movie first and here's the reason i my son is really enjoying taking this totally different adventure in the book than the movie he's really enjoying the long form nature of the book he's uh right now we're in the section of the book where by the way spoiler alert for ready player one we're gonna have to necessarily get into what happens in both the book and the movie in both so if the book half- and the movie so yeah if you're halfway through like listen to our many other very fine podcasts about many other very fine su- subjects and come back to this one when you're done um yeah we're gonna uh, be spoiling book and movie all over the place that's just happening. um so in the book where uh where daito dies in the book uh. Um, yeah. we, yeah, that he was shocked by that. He I'm was like, holy sure. crap. He, um, should, he should be. <laughs> like, and now we're, now you we're know, considering section, it doesn't happen in the movie. Now we're, um, in the section of the book where Wade is, uh, has just left the indentured area of IOI. And he's like, okay. oh, that's kind of, that's kind of what Artemis did in the movie. And I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, that's different. So like, it's like, he is enjoying seeing you know, okay so i'll give you another example of something there is there's a um and you should get this by the way you know how um star trek into darkness was a remake of wrath of khan kind of mm. um there is a star trek graphic novel that reimagines like four episodes of the original series like charlie x and stuff in the chris pine universe 
and different mm. things happen in those episodes. And the characters are all drawn like Chris Pine and, 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 and they totally change the plot sometimes, but it's the same thing. And so after he read those, he read the comics first and then he, he was like, I want to see those shows. And when I showed him the episodes of Star Trek from those, he really dug the differences. He really dug like, like, oh, oh, that's not what happened. Oh, that's weird. Like he's, he, he's enjoyed the alternate realityness of it. <laughs> I will okay. say based on my own experience and on many others experience, I think that if you watch the movie, having not seen the book, you'll probably, you'll uh, almost definitely enjoy the movie more. And then it, mm-hmm. reading the book after seeing the movie, I think that getting that alternate reality experience is a lot less jarring in the long form of the book. Um, I think it's, it, it, I think you'd be better off watching if you're definitely going to do both. If you're saying, Hell or high water, I will only do one. Read then the probably pro- probably the book, probably the book. And if you're unsure, we'll talk about it because that's that's you know. If you're unsure, read the book. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's so I've developed this very weird relationship with this movie in the time in between. Um. So that's the case. Now, have you? How many times have you read the book? In total, probably. So I read it to myself, then I read it to Mr. A, then I read it to myself again, and then I was reading it to Mr. A again, and now I'm reading it again after watching the fucking steaming pile of garbage. Because I needed it. Because I couldn't. <laughs> the movie ruined the book and you needed to, to flush the movie from your mind with the book. More or less, yeah. I needed, I needed, I needed to, get, to take a step away. I needed to get well, it out. Yeah, is, I needed to bleach is, my mind. So I'm, I'm still, and I, and what's upsetting is it was like on my nook, and I have no idea where that was. Um, and and mystery actually, I, I like, I own it. He got me this beautiful hardcover with like the gold pages, like a signed edition. Like, and I'm like, but I don't want to, I don't want to open that. It's pristine and perfect, and it's little. It's like the like, Bible, it, like the words, like the words of Wade are in red. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. It must be. It must. It must stay pristine and preserved. Like he's like, you're being ridiculous right now. I was like, just find the nook. Like so, we had to track down my nook, and then we had to track down a way to power the damn thing because it's like fucking old as shit. Um, so it took a while before I was able to start cleansing my brain of the horrificness that is the film. Uh, but God is it. All right, good. so it's so I so guess spoiler alert on how you feel about the film. So it's not your favorite. <laughs> I mean, favorite movie, dude, like I knew it was going to suck when I saw the trailers, but like the, the, just the level of, of suckitude, like, I don't think I, I don't think I could grasp and I'll, and I'll say, so when I watched it the first time, so I have watched the movie twice. Um, and that is only because, um, Mr. A wanted to see it. Um, and I wanted him to see it so that we could both um, be angry about it together. Um, so, um, so I had that. I watched it the first time in VR because that was like the closest I could get to what you're talking about, like the 3D IMAXy kind of an experience. Really, you can watch movies in in VR. Yeah. Are they good? Are they like as clear as like watching it on a screen? I mean. 
there's obviously because of how close it is and it's like so there's and it depends on what kind of rig you have obviously um like i watched it in 3d yeah in my psvr which is not um like you can see pixelization like you can like if i had seen it somewhere else first like i'm trying to think like the first time i watched um doctor strange was on our tv in 3d and it was great and i loved it and all that and i was i was really excited to see what it would look like in vr like to watch it in the vr you know movie theater right so like i did that and then i was like oh, I can't watch it this way. Yeah, like, it's just, there's, you can see the pixels, you can see the, like, which I'm not used to being able to see because, like, my TV is not that close, I guess, or whatever. And so this is, like, you're, like, up in that shit. So it's really close. Um, but because right. so much of the movie is is CG um, and because I hadn't seen it any other way first, it was very easy for that to drop away for me. So right. I had a, so it was a very immersive watch in that respect. And it absolutely is a spectacle. And I will say, I will say this. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would in that first view be, due to that and the the blatant emotional manipulation. Okay. Like, I know what they did. <laughs> and like, so people will say, like, let's, let's, let's get into this a little bit. People will say, they'll talk about um, you know, the from here on out, I'm going to just call him my best friend because that's what he is. Like, I am clear that Ready Player One was written by my best friend to me. Like, I know that, okay? Like, there's all these 80s references, and I think if you stop and think about it, even for a moment, it's pretty clear that he's Halliday. Like, so Halliday wanted, Halliday loved the 80s and created this, you know, Easter egg hunt, <laughs> To get everybody to love what he loved, which so is all this 80s stuff. And that is right. clearly kind of what the book is, so which for I love those, him for. For our listeners who may not uh, for, for may not have seen the film, the movie, uh, I'm going to go over really, really quickly. Oh, okay. Um, Some kind of um, um, bare bones what, what, what these are. Plot. <laughs> so the book Ready Player One, um, the book Ready Player One is uh, a 2011 book by Ernest Klein, the plot of which is basically this. And this is the basic plot of the movie as well, that uh, the founder of a virtual reality universe, I want to say paradise, but not just paradise, universe, universe where you can yeah. be anything and do anything in the ultimate massive role playing game where like World of Warcraft, but you it becomes your life where you can practically feel like you're living inside of it. The guy who created it, who is, you know, of course now a super billionaire, has died. And after he died, he says, I will give control. Well, and of the it's Oasis. important that, that, that here's an important distinction in, you know, how in most MMOs, like, you know, how you have to pay like a fee to get in, like you have to pay monthly to have access to it. That is not the case here. So it is yeah. a virtual it, world that anyone can get can get into like there is no there is no fee to download it to buy it there is no fee monthly fee to participate in it no and of way. course everybody wants to be part of this world because we're in the future where the world itself the real world has gone pretty much downhill and we are living in sort of not quite dystopian but sort of a pre-dystopian future you know you can imagine that 15 years forward from this future is your actual dystopian future like it's 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 we we as a civilization are on the way out 
at, at this point. Um, that being said, it follows uh, follows a boy named Wade uh, Wade Watts, whose online persona is Parsifal. And what Parsifal does is he wants to find this Easter egg, which is hidden somewhere in the game. You yeah, need to so go- Halliday, Halliday, you have to back up. Halliday dies. The guy who created yeah, this Oh, yeah. So, so, so yes. Hall- Halliday died, and he's going to con- uh, turn control of the Oasis and his entire fortune, a life-changing, world-changing amount of money, over to the person who can find the Easter egg. The way you find the Easter egg is, uh, in the movie, you solve three three things in the in the book, you have to solve six, uh, three keys and three gates, um, uh, which will then lead you to the final Easter egg. You get the Easter egg, and you are rich beyond your wildest dreams, and the Oasis becomes whatever you want. The one who the wants Oasis to control it, yeah. the one who wants to control it most is the Comcast of the future, pretty much. IOI. Yep. IOI is the one of the things that you do have to pay for because IOI controls all of the access points to the Oasis. What IOI yeah, wants the to internet do is connections, mo- they control they want- those. They want to monetize the Oasis further. So they have found loopholes in that they can have armies and armies and armies of people called Sixers, basically because they just have six numbers instead of names, to go and try and search for the egg and hunt for the egg. And not and only they have that, like but a all- whole group of scholars and all these people yeah. to back them up. And, and not only that, but subvert anybody else who's working for it. And what that gives them the ability to do, because the egg, being able to do the egg is one, you have to be able to do video gamey type feats of incredible video gaminess, but you also have to have intimate knowledge of everything from intimate the 1980s. extensive, yeah, knowledge of the 80s. That this guy would like. Well, what they can do is they can cheat, right? They can have one of the Sixers can be the one that the one out doing it, but they're surrounded by a hundred people feeding them the information they need, giving them the magic items and the weapons you would get so that you can solve any problem. Like this, they are they are given a, a gigantic advantage over pretty much everyone except the high five. And the high five are the five people um, who are not Sixers who managed to get to all of these these goals, these keys and these gates. Um, um, in order to find the egg. And the high five are Daito, Shoto, um, um, H, Parsifal, and Artemis. And these five people are experts. It's very in interesting what- that you just named all of the male characters and left Artemis last when she's like the. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I think it also could be said that I, I listed all the characters in order of reverse importance. That I started with the with the least the important least character. Important. And I. And I I, yeah, it could I started be with, said, but I doubt I it. I started with Dido and Shoto, then I said H, then I said Parsifal, and I ended with Artemis. So, you know, your 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 attempt at casting me as a misogynist goes completely <laughs> against the reason I was listing them in that order because I was putting <laughs> her at the top of the list. I was okay. going from five up to one. So back off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, Sometimes my feminist hackles get raised. What can I tell you? Especially with respect to the differences in the movie and the fucking book. Go ahead. Um, so so these five people are the only ones who are not Sixers who are really managing to to make any progress. The two, of course, being Parsifal and Artemis, who are who who are neck and neck at all times. He gets it, she gets it, he gets it, she gets it. Um and uh and eventually at the end it ends up being Parsifal against uh IOI in the movie it's very, very much Parsifal versus Sorrento. Um, who is the the head of IOI? Again, they're the evil corporation who's trying to get He's the, the, operate, the head control of first. Yeah. So, so they go through. They finally get the egg, and at the at the end, um, at the end, Parsifal gets the egg, and he ends up sharing it with his fellow uh, in the book, the surviving members of his group uh, in the movie. Uh, everyone 
And that's pretty much the plot. Now, the book came out in 2011, had a slow burn, has come under some criticism uh, for uh, for being misogynist, frankly, um, uh, for his portrayal I'm of women. Cu- for- I'm, I'm curious about that. Okay, so um, so one in we'll we'll get to it, but it's come under a okay. significant amount of criticism. It's also come under uh, um, some criticism about the character of, of Parsifal, whether or not you know he's a likable or or enviable character that you would actually want to be like. Um, uh, the book, despite its criticism, and and people look, people call it out for being a, a nostalgia hack. You know, people who don't like the book have said, "Look, you have pages where all they do is list stuff," and it's true. They do have pages where all you do is list stuff. And if you didn't like that stuff in the way we like that stuff, you might find uh, those pages, pages in which they just list stuff. All right, if you if you were to put it together, I mean, it's no, it's not like the the fucking poems in Lord of the Rings, but it's like it's like enough. it's just not like I'm like I said, I'm clear that it is a book written by my best friend to me. I get it. Yeah. Okay, like that it's about like the love of the eighties and 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 movies and music and gaming and all that stuff pre- predominantly from the 80s and and I get that right and so call it a love letter to the 80s if you will but it's like, like not the, simply listing 80s stuff no it's like, not it's not simply, just list after list of 80s things there are lists there are I will say there are sentences that are lists but pages like way to be like way to just really overblow that like no it's not pages of lists. It is. It, there are lists in there, and there are things there, and there are clear references, and they are everywhere. And like I said, that is the point. And like, and that's why I feel like he's basically he is Halliday. Like Halliday made the game. He made the the, the hunt. What he made it because the, he wanted everybody to love the things that he loved, and like that was kind of by making the the prize so worthwhile like that's essentially what he did right like he got everybody to love the stuff that he loved and yeah. and to study it religiously and to fall in love with it because you, you can't study it and not fall in love with it i feel like because if if you do you're wrong <laughs> if you study it and you don't fall in love with it your brain broke says i but like so anyway the- so the film came out in late spring of 2018, directed by uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, starring Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, it uh, it opened soft in the United States to begin with, but had incredible legs. Uh, in that um, it looked like it was not going to do well. It's it's you know again the modern. I was just reading this. It's crazy modern filmmaking. Uh, what it requires to make a film a hit. Um, for compared to other movies that came out this year, wasn't all that expensive, but I was just reading it grossed, uh, it, it cost 100 175 million to make. It was, a, which is crazy. That's not as much as, you know, the half a billion dollars that cost to make Avengers, um, yeah, and 150 wow. million spe- spent on marketing. So that's a film that already goes in costing 325 million, but it needs to gross 440 million to break even. You have to make half a billion dollars to make even on a film that's not even costing as much as like Avengers or Justice League. Yeah. Like that's that's, that's just I was read I read that and as a side note, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um but the film did show incredible legs. It lasted for a while. People kept coming back to it. And so it ended up grossing 582.2 million and going into profit. Um the film came under the 
criticisms for, that are a lot like what you're saying that are two two different layers of criticism. There are basically three kinds of people for this film. There are people who love this film. Um, uh, my son is one of them. Uh, there are people who just enjoy it as a wash over you mix of nostalgia and emotion Spielbergian I mean you can't say what you will about the film it is absolutely directed by Steven Spielberg for every good thing and bad thing that that can mean it's absolutely and that's what I and that's what I mean about it I'm clear that I'm being manipulated it's it's absolutely a Spielberg film without a doubt um uh, there are people um, that the criticisms film are are twofold. People who did not read the book criticize the film for being not not a bad film, but being a a middling sci-fi story with good visuals, uh, good visuals, two dimensional characters that relies too much on on loving 80s stuff. Those people would also be critical of the book because it also would. Th- those are the people who would also I say, well, no. I, hold on. Those I'm saying that subset of people would also not like the book because they are are against the nostalgia to begin with. They're also the no, people. I, who I are, understand that they're against that they're. I mean, I don't know that they're against the nostalgia, but they're saying it's relying heavily on the nostalgia. And I'd say I, that that is less true of the book because they're so, because the characters and and the story is is more involving in the book that. Yes, it is chock full of 80s nostalgia, no doubt. Um, like I said, it's definitely a love letter to the 80s, but it's not as like the movie is. There's very little else happening. Like it's really. Yeah, but if you've, if you've never played Joust and you've never watched War Games and you didn't listen to Rush and you've never played Atari, book is going to leave you flat for large sections of it. It just is. Um, and you never played. I, I guess a, I feel a, like there's a, tension a, there a that has computer. nothing to do with those things specifically. And but and okay, but, there's and unlike the fucking movie, the book has has social things to talk about. Sure, and, and it does. But I'm saying that's the first subsection of of people that I'm talking about would also lobby the criticism of the book. Then there's y- you. Your subsection, your third of people, um, who uh, or your section of people who lobby this criticism that the book, um, and these are the people who read the book first and did not like the film. Who, for many reasons, uh, the character of Artemis being one of them, for the, you, you, and there's a breadth of these people. They're the people who, who did not like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because it changed the book. Um, who, who are like, look, we like the book. It's got the same title as the book. We should be seeing the book on screen. That's what we paid for. And who who get a movie that's vastly different than the book, like Prisoner of Azkaban or like, you know, Order of the Phoenix or really Half-Blood Prince or the Lord of the Rings movies that substantially changed the book. Um, I've listened to a number of, number of podcasts about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And those people who adore those books generally don't like those films. And the reason they don't like those films is they feel like the films not only change the book, but excise what they consider to be very, very important to the books. Tom Bombadil not showing up. Um, major characters dying in different ways. You know, you know, thoughtful areas becoming, you know, now I was never. Yes. This I, part, like, like, I will say this true of, of the Harry Potter series and definitely this one. Changing things that were these thoughtful, interesting, like use your brain scenarios and changing it into just some action pack sequence. Well, like, and I think that takes I the think te- like takes the the intellectual teeth out of something and it dumbs shit down. And I hate that. 
and I think that's fair. I think I think that's fair. Um, the only reason I think that's fair, uh, I, I disagree with it. I want to say full out. I think the 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 goal of the filmmaker is to make the film be the best two hour film that you can make it based on what you're trying to achieve. Um, sure, I, but why why is anything that requires you to use your brain? somehow not not worth watching i don't understand that like this is where you and i just like completely well, have no, that I, 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 I think right, like, that's a strong that's a fucking story this is not get off my lawn maybe it is i refuse to accept that i refuse <laughs> to accept that people today are just a bunch of hulking idiots that like wait what where the action at i need to i, ha- I, I have I'm to not, use my brain i'm not saying like, that at all I, that's that. how it feels when when filmmakers do that shit and i hate it like like harry potter is a perfect example like there's this great sequence with a sphinx and a riddle and it would have been visually entertaining and the sphinx is scary it looked cool it would have been taught and it would have been far more interesting than a bunch of whooshy bushes like i there that's ridiculous to me that somehow those two things and i and i felt that all over this film, to be sure. You know, like, I don't, oh, that's going to be too I, subtle. I, 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 like, people, they're not, they're not going to be engaged anymore because there won't be an explosion or like blood on screen. What are we going to do? Get the fuck I out take, of here. I, I take umbrage with that. And by the way, pun intended. With, with that, uh, <laughs> that statement. I think that um, a film is what a film is it's i think that that very rarely do you get a film that is multiple things that is both a quiet thoughtful intellectual film and also a whiz bang film i think that you have uh i i think that you I, and i don't think i don't think it needed to be a whiz need bang to have film. one or one, one or the other i you know we, we talked before about jurassic park the jurassic park the movie excises so much of the book important points of the book major major you've said i mean i've not read the book so i can't speak to it but you've said yeah so if you were to read the book and then see the movie you would strongly dislike the movie there's a ton about them all being female and a fact that they're that they're breeding and what that means and the ramifications of that and that gets boiled down to one life uh finds a way you know, like that's, 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 that's <laughs> here's that's, the thing. I don't even mind when you boil something down. Like, I think you're going to, you're no, putting you, me you in understand this what I'm saying. These are chapters, whole chapters. I know I do. I do understand what you're saying. And like, there are whole things missing from Harry Potter that I understood why they were missing. Like you're painting me with this brush. Like, for instance, you're putting me in this, in this, in this well, era. You're painting me with a brush. Of, I'm just saying you're putting me in this place with people who didn't like the movie because it wasn't the book. And I'm here to tell you, I tried because you had told me you had already primed me. You had said, listen, it's not the book. It is very much not the book, but it is a fun adventure on its own. And I really tried to keep that in mind when I was watching it. I really did. And I'm telling you that despite the fact that it's a totally different adventure, if you will, from the book, which does upset me. But despite that, like even if we're not going to sit here and compare one to the other, it is a deeply flawed movie. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about like that. and uh, and so like a ways, perfect example, it, like just to just to sort of emphasize my point here for a moment, like 
in one of the Harry Potter books, there's a whole section about the house elves and like Hermione wanting to get rights for them. And I yeah, would argue that is a very important element. It absolutely is. And it's a huge part of one of the books. But I do understand why in the context of the film, it's like it doesn't actually move the plot forward for the main story. So we don't have time for it. And I and I forgive things like that. I do accept that there are things that you that just aren't going to make sense or aren't going to be necessary to move the story forward in a way that is that you need in a film because you have limited time. I do get that. And so I could make this film. I could make my best friend's book into a film, okay? And it would actually be the fucking book. And I'm not saying it would be word for word, action for action, moment for moment. I'm saying it would actually be the adventure that is in that book versus what the mo- the movie I just fucking saw was. Okay, so let's let's start with this. Let's start with this. As a film, going to what I said, what criticism can be lobbied to this film if the book did not exist? If there was no book, what's she going to say? What's going to come next? You're going to have to wait till next time, guys, because that is where we're going to end the episode. Yes, it's a two-parter. I am so sorry, but there is so much more episode to go, and you must hear what she says next week. So we're going to get into a deeper analysis of Ready Player One next week, and then an even deeper analysis the week after that. This is going to be the first of three. So again, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I'm so glad Alexia is back. On her behalf, trek off, bitches, and we will see you for part two next time. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.